Or you're really stepping in the shit. I look like he has a hundred teeth in his mouth. You know? Marrying Stephanie McMahon yeah. <laughs> in the altar of evil. He was trained by rock and roll zoom off. What's scary to have that hairline in your 20s? Like, you have to run out of the way. Yeah. You're gonna get hit with the chain. But he kind of had to because he couldn't wrestle. <laughs> your hero is in there, better run. Because he's not gonna sell, he's not gonna move, he's just gonna be Zeus, he's gonna. That freaked me out. I'm growing ass man, that freaked me out. <laughs> what the hell is this? That airbrush cockpit. This guy is, is going to kill everyone. Damien Demento. Back then, I didn't usually put two and two together. Like, if they family member was trying to get rid of them. I've known you for over 30 years and you've never seen No Holds Barred. I feel like I failed you as a friend. You could get it at Oli's video, you could have got it at Lindstrom video, or you could have got it at the video vault. But when Giant Gonzalez showed up, I didn't put two and two together. We've got a giant in the dungeon, dude. What about the Yeti? Hey, nobody's seen a Yeti. And live to tell about it. Frozen in ice, man. From the top again now, warrior. And how about this time? Don't speak in fucking tongues. Because no one can stop the Yeti. I'm confused. I'm from a small town. I don't like this. The runs are in my shorts, too, buddy. <laughs> he pissed his pants in the middle of the ring. He broke him in half. I'm an adult male. I'm in my own home. I'm in my own bed. I want a nightlight. They killed him. They <laughs> killed him. In association with the Shining Wizards Network, Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast presents a Halloween special. I'm here with my favorite two Halloweens, the Duke Bags, Loverboy, Al, Treehorn Day. Man, it's Halloween time, man. We're going to talk about the spooky, the ghosts, the goblins, the ghouls, the, the good stuff, man. Start out with this, Duke. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to decide which uh, which professional wrestler I'm going to dress up as this year. Okay, I thought you were watching beach volleyball. I'm multitasking. Atta boy! Hey, don't shy away from that beach volleyball, lover boy. Well, What's it's happening? a uh, it's a lovely fall day. That the air conditioner was out in the building, so that's that's awful, right? It's a good time for it to be out, though. Yeah, it was nice walking oh. outside, just kind of hanging out. and just crack a window, right? Well, we don't have windows. You don't have windows? No. no. Interesting. The whole place? They don't let you have windows where I'm at. You know, got to keep the spirits down. Okay. Stomped on and everything. Hey, I don't got windows at my office either, brother. I'm with, I understand. <laughs> I didn't realize that other people also didn't have. You're not here to get hope. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're here to get hard. I mean, oops, no, not that either. <laughs> so, man, today we're going to talk about the scary stuff in professional wrestling, the moments that scared you, the characters that scared you. Oh, Duke, I want to I wanna kick it to you, man. I want to kick it to you. When I say wrestling and scary, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? What pops into your mind? The first thing that popped into my mind is an old classic, Jake the Snake Roberts, right? As a kid, he's a guy who like legitimately scared me, you know? Come to find out, he'd been harboring a pretty bad drug addiction for his career, <laughs> so, I mean, he was up to no good. Yeah. Uh, but 
he would, you know, I, I, you go back to when he was, when he had the cobra biting Macho's arm, you know, yeah. that scared me. He was just a, just a twisted guy, you know, brought kind of a sort of, uh, you know, realism, even though he was a, a good guy a lot of the time, the character didn't change too much. Yeah. The character never seemed to, it never ch- seemed to change. And the, I know what you're saying too, because even, even when he worked face, his delivery and his promos and the way that he would stare into the camera, like that's the part that would get you. Even whether he was working face or heel, just the, his delivery and the way he kind of, he, everybody else is screaming and yelling. And then Jake comes up on the TV and he's speaking slowly and quietly and with like such conviction. And it was, it was, he presented something completely different. And yeah, man, that was what, when he got arrogance, in his face, and you saw his eyes for the first time. Remember that? They all looked jacked up. Oh, yeah. That was scary. Attack and Mach, that was scary. WrestleMania 3, that was scary. Like, it's, he's always scary. Yeah, just kind of the whole essence of the gimmick, you know, like he brings out a snake, which lots of people are afraid of, you know. But he made the point to, uh, to let us know that the real snake you need to worry about is him. You know? Yeah. So, uh, more depth of character than you, you typically got out of the cartoon eighties. So, uh, he's going to be my, my first, uh, he was the first one that popped to mind when we talked about doing this. Yeah. I like that you say that too, cause that was one that popped to my mind like right away, like instantly when you're like scary people in wrestling, Jake Roberts in that, you know, eighties to nineties run was yeah. scary. Hell, what do you got? I mean, that was the, uh. That cobra on Macho, like the mm. fact that it was an actual cobra. Hearing the backstory now from Jake, you know, because he's a little bit more jovial these days, like when giving interviews and talking about the past and how Macho wasn't going to take this snake bite. Like it was in the, you know, the script and everything. And I was like, Macho, I'm not taking that. I'm like, you know, very <laughs> much adamant. He's like, no deal, Lucille. <laughs> well, it was the, uh, he wanted to make sure it wasn't venomous, and so he told Jake to let it bite him. And so Jake did, which, you know, Jake's like, all right, I hate getting bit by snakes. You know, he didn't particularly like snakes, right? you know, and that was one of the things. But that intensity was something. But the fact that he paintbrushed that snake right before it bit Macho, just slapped it as hard as he could across the face and then stuck it to Macho, toward Macho's arm. Man. They couldn't get it to let go. <laughs> you think that was a little snake receipt? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a little snake receipt. <laughs> My first real memory when we got to talking about this, the moments that brought me uh I'm I'm just a fuzz older than you two gentlemen. But the I remember when Andre turned on Hogan mm. in Piper's pit. Yeah. And he came out in that suit jacket with Bobby and it's what are you doing with him, man? What, you know, you, you can't be with him. Like, I don't understand, you know, because Andre was the big, lovable giant that, in all honesty, if you looked at him, the man, you know, if he had intention like, to, to harm you, that face would be the most terrifying thing coming at you. Yes. Like that, that size, that face, just everything about it. But seeing that as a small, small child and how he had turned on Hogan and you know, ripped the shirt off and everything. And I remember like being 
literally frightened because it's like, Hulk Hogan's going to die. Like, there's no way he can beat this guy. <laughs> yeah, I suppose at that point too, you don't really see. Like I, I can't ever remember outside of Hulkster Andre taking a pinfall, and he was undefeated in battle royals. Like I completely understand where you come from. That face yeah. too, like that whole segment when Andre's standing in front of Hulk, like the the face that he had was not. It wasn't necessarily like a menacing looking face. It was just a serious giant. And before that, we saw a lot of smiling Andre, a lot of, you know, happy, waving, smiling giant. Now he was pissed. He's pissed. Yeah. So it, I, I get where you're coming from, for sure. It's, uh, yeah, it's a little bit different, man. And he is a guy, too, who could have his way with anybody, you know, could could sit on the holster and put him on a commission, you know? Yeah. And. Yeah, like, I was like just a scary looking right? guy. It looked like he has a hundred teeth in his mouth, you know? He's, yeah. He's huge. <laughs> it's like a great white shark. <laughs> All the legends you hear about him though, the people saying that oh he has two rows of teeth and like Rick Blair even talked about he would try to look up in there to see like <laughs> I see the second row of teeth, like all the myths, all the legends, because he was larger than life. And that moment and then there was the uh I think the promo shots before WrestleMania three, where he's got like, big eyes and just really intensely looking. I think like, WrestleMania three, WrestleMania four, he captured a lot of things. Just even though he was a shadow of his former self, performance wise, mm-hmm. he could still portray the character and gave it his all to. You know, all right, we need to strike fear in these people. He could pull that off. Yeah. Yeah, he's such a unique, such a unique character. And when you, as soon as you said like the that VHS or the, the cover of that VHS and the poster, like it was just a straight, angry faced Andre next to a, a Hulkster from from if I'm remembering it right. And I remember seeing the VHS at the video store and going, "Man, Andre needs to relax, <laughs> like settle down, buddy." You got uh, you got any memories of that? I mean, obviously you've seen the you've seen the segment and all that, and what, with Andre. Do you remember first time you saw it? Were you you feeling for the Hulk? You talking to me? Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's why I said Duke. Oh, okay. I missed the Duke part. Uh, yeah. Turn off the volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I. I don't remember if it was the WrestleMania 3 or WrestleMania 4. Both of them featured the Hulkster and, you know, pissed off looking Andre on the cover. When Andre looked at the camera with that crazy look in his eye, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's a terrifying look, just a wide-eyed Andre. He choked out Bob Euchre. It was funny, but it's like, he, he really could pop his head off if he wanted to, you know? <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah, like I said, I mean, you, you, it really did, uh, you know, maybe that did more than anything to kind of solidify the Hulkster as the guy back then because it mm-hmm. seemed like he was kind of an impossible foe, you know? Right. Yeah, there is, uh, for me, two popped to my mind right away, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with, uh, well, we'll get to them both, but when Undertaker, not only when he first arrived, 
Because when he first arrived, that was something different than we've ever seen before. Like there was children crying, and all, all the he guy hadn't even got to the ring yet. People were terrified of him. That like the presentation they had with the Undertaker when he arrived was incredible, and he looked like he was dead. Right? It was it was scary as hell. And as as far as like as far as how scary Andre was to me, Taker was another level of scary. Like, that was a completely different animal. Uh, so obviously when he arrived, but when he took on Hulkster and Al, Al showing the, the Undertaker. <laughs> I mean, look at that face. When, when, uh, when Taker took on Hulkster and Hulkster wasn't, wasn't getting it done. Yeah. And when Taker took the, like the, uh, I don't know if it was a, it was some type of cable or extension cord and wrapped it around Hulkster's neck and he was choking him out. I was terrified. It's like, he is actually going to kill the Hulkamania. Like it's, it's over. Everything's done. Everything that you believed in, guess what? It's changed. It's over. All right. Start praying to a new God because our God does not care about Hulkamania. Right. It was, it was completely, ch- and then he, he won the match. And you were so used to it by that point. Hogan will, will hulk up. He'll get the big boot. He'll get the leg drop. Hulkster can overcome this. And he didn't? That to me, man, that, that scared the hell out of me. Wasn't wrestling great when kayfabe was alive in your heart? And you, yes. <laughs> you had something to believe in like this. That Because I remember that vividly. You know, the... Mm-hmm. The match that Hogan could do nothing to him. He was impervious to pain. And then the Tuesday night in Texas, you know, pay-per-view, they they put the strap on him for two days, which I think was a mistake, but mm-hmm. such as that's, that's the Booker's job. But the, uh, the fact that how much of a monster you made him was, was incredible. Like you said, that was one of the things that if nobody brought it up, I was going to bring up like, the kids crying. Mm-hmm. legit crying when he came to the ring terrified of this human being and the kids crying when he ended hulkamania yeah mm-hmm. man duke i know you remember it man oh yeah what a what a start to a run that that established him as this phenom character which probably longest running character that they ever had you know and the different variations that it went through you know of course we were you know, older guys, uh, you know, around the turn of the millennium when they got real dark with this character. Yeah. You know, if I was a kid and I seen, you know, the Undertaker doing doing his satanic rituals and, you know. <laughs> Marrying Stephanie McMahon at yeah. the altar of evil. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, back to, you know, back back to when he, he debuted, yeah, they, Really did a good job with the the whole dead man gimmick, you know, like you can't hurt this guy; he's he's already dead, you know. Right. And then Paul Bear, you know, kind of added some creepy yet, you know, funny. Uh, in hindsight, it's hilarious. Yes. You know? But at the time, it was like, what the fuck, you know? And <laughs> I, I, what the fuck? Who is this motherfucker? <laughs> I mean, yes. I was born in '86, so I was probably five or six, and. Uh, I didn't know what a Paul Bear was, right? I just thought okay. that was his name. Okay, so it took it took a little bit to really put that together, but yeah. um, of course, my dad was laughing his ass off. I remember that, but 
Papa, Papa, how could you be? This isn't funny. You no, laugh at me. No. no, Daddy. This isn't funny. The Undertaker's possessed your soul. I just remember the, the first eye roll I saw from this guy. Hmm. Uh, that look when he pinned them, flipped that hair back, and rolled up those eyes to just see the white. That was that's forever etched up here. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man, that was uh, it was it was like you say, it was scary. It was kids crying. I mean, kids crying when he ended the Hulkamania. Like it was he. Talk about scary times, man. The Undertaker. There was some definite scary times, and the. The other character and and even moment that came to mind was kind of like a one A Shango. When Papa Shango first arrived, my only knowledge of voodoo was what I saw in the James Bond movie. That's all I knew about it, and that 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 character in James Bond scared the hell out of me. So now you got a wrestler that has the voodoo powers. Of live and let die? No, not, not not wrestling. No, 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 not okay. And then when he forces the warrior to throw up, like warrior's going to die? Like he had the Undertaker kill Hulkamania, and then what was it, within a year? You have Papa Shango show up to kill the warrior? Yep. What are these dark forces? <laughs> Somebody, Snake, but that Snake was, was right in the middle of that. You know? Snake was, yeah, but like, yeah, you're right. He was because uh, I had no idea how like, he's got a smoking skull that he's carrying to the ring. He's waving a staff. He's speaking all weird, and then Undertaker is projectile vomiting everywhere. That was yeah, that's spooky times, man. Yeah, Papa Shango is up there on that list. I mean, going back to watching it, it was you know some great theater of the mind there for you. I was just thinking of uh, the second Anchorman movie, and I was wondering if Kevin's dad was like, you know, you really want to know what you'd be afraid of, son? He's like, more than anything, dad. He's like, voodoo. That <laughs> shit will mess you up. <laughs> I don't think that that run wasn't too long, was it? No. The Chicago run's probably. No, year, only. Yeah, I, I want to say two. But I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah, definitely a scary character. He kind of, you know, when the boogeyman arrived, he kind of reminded me of Shango. Yeah. You know, just uh, where Shango was was almost exactly a, a duplicate of that appearance of eighty character in the Double O Seven. Yeah, uh, boogeyman was kind of more like a gross out kind of a scary. But yeah, I mean, it was a little. It was a little bit too in between. But uh, I do remember the uh, the warrior was really getting the business from the supernatural forces, and he was asking for it. Right? Yeah, he was. You you heard this guy's promos for years. He finally got a taste of his what he was asking for. You know, I remember he got locked in the coffin, and then he got the you know vomiting and getting taken away. But yeah, tough tough times to be the top face in the company for sure. He suppose his uh, promos got a little worse because of all that voodoo curse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, voodoo. Yeah, <laughs> like you know what you wanna, code. Let's uh, let's take it to, from the top again now, warrior. And how about this time? Don't speak in fucking tongues. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna rebase some voodoo right here. 
Scary Duke. Spooky. Scare the hell out of you. What else? What else do you got? We got to get to the Dungeon of Doom, right? Well, I love the they're, Dungeon of Doom. They're in the mix here somewhere, so I might as, might as well uh, might as well kick them off here. So, Sully, your your main man, love him. He he was a uh, you know he was a uh, cult leading devil worshiping guy back in Florida uh, before he you know transitioned into the Taskmaster of the Dungeon of Doom. Mm-hmm. So he was already uh, you know. He already had a pretty scary gimmick going. I didn't, I wasn't too familiar with with that. But the the Dungeon of Doom was very goofy. But there was a lot of intimidating guys down there. I mean, you had the Shark. Yep. You had Kamala. You had. I don't know if I was really scared because of how funny it was, right? Right. No. Uh, the Hulkster's stellar acting job down in the dungeon there. <laughs> I don't know. What's your What's your take on the dungeon? Well, I never found them to be scary or spooky or anything like that. I think the only person that I found to be like even remotely scary in the dungeon was probably the master. Because if the master's, you know, orchestrating all this, there's got to be some shit going down with the master. But we never saw the master get in the ring or anything like that. I always thought that at some point you'd see the master, you know, pop out of his his fortress of solitude or the you know pop out of the dungeon and be ready to throw down we never quite got there there was no i think it was a little too over the top to be spooky you know what i mean like with wcw right with the with the shark and and yeah the zodiac and kamala and kamala is one that you'd think would be scary but i was never scared of kamala he always just seemed nice to me so i don't uh, i'm not really Great roster Halloween costumes. Yeah, yeah. man, it, it's fantastic. I just think that I never, I never got to the point with the Dungeon of Doom that it was scary or spooky or anything like that. I kind of, I mean, even back then, I quite kind of fancied myself uh, entertained by the dungeon. Let me let me ask you something here, kind of following up with that. So the Hulkster, I think one of the one of the things about the dungeon was they didn't get a whole lot of wins, right? They just kind of got got steamrolled by the Hulkster. But speaking of the Hulkster, what what was you guys' reaction when he did the big turn? Was that something you were excited about, or was it like, what's going on here? Because that was a shocking moment. I don't know if that qualifies here. Two two things. First, I want to get Al's take on the Dungeon of Doom, and then we can dive right into that. The uh, uh, I'll make it quick, because I, I want to talk about the other more than that crappy Dungeon of Doom. Watch your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, that was the thing with Cheesy. Like Kamala, I'll give him a throwback to when I was a little kid, and it was just the Ugandan giant with, I think, Kimchi, you know, the little manager there. That Yeah, the that was intimidating. Uh, that was a, uh, it was, oh, wow, that's, that's madness. Uh, but as far as the Dungeon of Doom, there was a lot of cheesiness. It was WCW to death, I so. think. That was that was the thing that you know, they had ideas, and then it's I'm, I'm guessing somebody in the good idea department of WCW. What if we did this? So if we want to bring in this guy. We'll call him Loch Ness. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I've got this great idea. <laughs> Think about it. We got this giant on the payroll. We've got a giant in the dungeon of doom. What about the Yeti? Huh? What do you think about that, guys? 
what do you think? We could sell it. The, the merch, it's going to go crazy because no one can stop the Yeti. What are you going to put him in a costume? I Make him a mummy. It's fine. Nobody knows the difference. It's a Yeti. Nobody's seen a Yeti and lived to tell about it. He's frozen in ice, man. You know, that kind of stuff. That's that's right. the Dungeon of Doom, and uh, it lives in infamy forever, Kevin. Yeah. I love it. I've got a little Dungeon of Doom section in my fig collection, man. Yeah. You're the only one. <laughs> There's got to be more than one. Okay, maybe two. They got to make a Dungeon of Doom playset. It would be awesome. I'm not going to lie. Like, I would, right. I'd be on the stage. You're not going to get a Dungeon of Doom playset. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure more people are interested in a Dungeon of Doom playset. I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I would buy one, man. There's a lot of good characters. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, to to Now, to your, your follow-up, Duke, when you're talking about Hulk during the big turn, you're talking about a scary, like, moment. As like a wrestling fan, right? Yeah. It shook the foundation of everything you knew being an 80s baby as a wrestling fan. Like It yes. shook the entire foundation of that. That's what made it kind of that shocking. Like, what in the world is going on here? Yeah. It, and it's, again, it's the only time a wrestling turn has ever been covered on our local evening news. Right, it was it was on cha- channel five, nine, eleven, four, on the on the evening news. Holster turned. He's a bad guy now, like that. And I I don't know that. I don't know if I was scared, but part of me, as a little Hulkamaniac, was a little heartbroken. You know what I mean? So it was it was definitely like, it's like he turned his back on us. I mean, like he t- he turned his back on all the Hulkamaniacs, which was the, was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. It was the best like business decision that they could have done. So I don't know if I was necessarily scared, but I was just, I mean, it was more of a shock. It was a shocking situation. Yeah, it was a, it was a hefty little detour from the Dungeon of Doom, but I, I thought it was worth bringing up because that yeah. kind of falls in here oh, yeah, I, a little bit. I love, I love the dungeon. I love the dungeon. I got, I got one I want to throw at. Uh, I got Al in mind when I thought of this. Ring bell. To the throat, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Was did that? Was that? Did that come across you? So I debated on which macho moment, and the snake was going to be the one that won out. You know, mm-hmm. getting bit by the snake. But yeah, that was a uh, that was definitely in contention in my mind as I'm going through all these moments when uh, it's his livelihood, it's his life on the line, Kevin. Like, right. He'll never be the same again. And he tries <laughs> to give that interview and can hardly speak. And just great, great selling. You know, yes. There. That's... Well, and the way that, the way that he delivered the ring bell, right? I mean, Mach was so incredible in the ring. There was, it's, it's hard to say that. Uh, <laughs> there he is. He, he doesn't, he doesn't make things, uh, I guess, you don't really have to stretch your imagination too much when Macho's in the ring, right? Everything looked pretty believable. And then the cell job by Steamboat. And it was, I mean, he did such a good job, tongue out, both hands on his throat, like rolling back and forth. And it was, it, it was so believable that you're like, oh my gosh, 
I, I, Randy just did that to Ricky. Don't do that to Ricky, Randy. <laughs> he's got a child and a wife, man. Yeah, he's got a child and a piece of shit wife. <laughs> yes, yeah, Steamboat found himself on the end of a couple of like fatality uh, cell jobs right at this same time. You know, he had the DDT on the floor and then, you know, the, the belt of the throat. So he was, he was great at, you know, making you believe that he was he was a goner for sure yeah it was it was just one of those moments that like i still like you know it sticks with you when you can like you can see the cell like i can still see it the 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 ring bell there's the cell job everything and i was worried for ricky i was a little worried for ricky Al, what else comes to Al, what else crosses your mind when you're talking you're talking spooky you're talking scary so one of the things that uh, popped in my head a little bit, the y'all remember when he came over, but the original Mankind vignettes, mm. where they were making this warped, deranged, and it was believable. He, Mick Foley is a, when it comes to wrestling, is uh, on another level, you know, character development-wise, and he was saddled with a a gimmick that was not his own making and things. Vince didn't want to see his face. He's an ugly guy. Cover his face <laughs> up with a mask and make him ugly. Okay. Make it work. And yeah. just rush it to the point of it. I mean, I remember those initial vignettes and you're like, what is, what is going on here? Like you got that kind of uneasy feeling from him that he's, He's legit insane, and he's he's here to hurt people. And the fact when you saw him wrestle that he could take so much punishment, like pain, and it ties into the, I mean, the ultimate, like, oh, like, scary moment. You know, when you see him fly off that hell in a cell against the Undertaker. I mean, wow! You know, falling wrestlers from great heights is not usually a good thing no um, so you know you you see that i remember watching that the first time because a buddy of mine had the pay-per-view and he came into school the next day you're not gonna believe this <laughs> and i was like what happened and he's like here i recorded it take it home watch the hell in a cell match you're not gonna believe this and, okay and when the first time I saw him throw him off that sail, <laughs> I was right there. I could not believe it. He broke him in half. You know, <laughs> that's it. He's dead. <laughs> they killed him. They killed him. <laughs> yeah, Foley. Foley's probably the best at really conveying the, you know, the realness and the fear yeah. factor. I mean, the most dangerous thing about him is is that he was, for all intents and purposes, fearless. You know, like you have to be absolutely nuts to to want to do those kinds of bumps. You know, you know, you're right about when when he showed up, his, it, the character was so different. <laughs> you know, and then it just continued to evolve. And you know, I think back even, you know, him and Taker had one of the great feuds ever. Went went on for years, but when they were I've never seen promos for that first Buried Alive match, right? 
and you got the camera shooting up from the grave, you know, and and uh, I don't know if it was Tate or if it was uh, Mankind who were, you know, digging the hole, but uh, definitely, definitely high value in the spooky department for that view. I didn't ever see Mankind as, like, a super scary character. Like, he was, don't get me wrong, but he never came across to me as, like, a super... Now, the things that he did, right, scary, right? The, a scary moment after scary moment. But along the same time, like, that that was happening when, when uh, Mankind was coming in, just a click or two before that, and you guys might think this is funny, Gold Dust. The original Gold Dust vignettes that played on Superstars, I had no idea what was happening. I had no idea who he was, what was going on, anything like that. He always had these movie quotes from you know movies from yesteryear that I didn't quite understand what he was talking about. And the confusion for me was the scary part, right? Like, just not knowing what was going on, not knowing who this guy is. Obviously, it didn't take too long to figure out that it was, you know, it was Dustin, but that part was, uh, what is going on? Like, what is what is happening? I'm confused. I'm from a small town. I don't like this. <laughs> That's the thing, though, that you look at Mankind, you look at Gold Dust, and they took your cookie-cutter, wrestling mold and just threw it away. Yeah. And that's, you know, say what you will about the cheesiness of WCW. WWF at that time was very much you fell into certain molds, you know, typically. And these guys weren't the big monsters and it wasn't the typical stuff that you would see out of them. So it, I remember it, you know, like you said, we were older when these vignettes were hitting. So it may not have been as scary, but it's that wonder of what in the world is going on right now like with this guy. Like this is, this isn't right. Like something, <laughs> something's wrong. This guy ain't all there. <laughs> Some, something's, a, something's amiss. Does, yeah. does, uh, does Vate like Cactus Jack, Right. Cactus Jack always seemed like a scarier character to me. Um, a lot in that same vein as like Jake, right? Promos came across as being a little bit, you know, helter skelter in a lot of ways. Uh, Vader, though, like Vader in his WCW days, that was scary, man. That, that was a guy that was scary. And the, the stuff that he was doing with the stuff that he did with Mick, that was scary. Like that, uh, even me going like Cactus Jack scares the hell out of me. Vader scares the hell out of me, and now they're fighting. Like I don't know if I want to watch this or not. <laughs> but the man lives in a white castle of fear. Right. That's. I mean, that's that's his address. White castle of fear. One one seven one. It's. <laughs> you got them all over there, man. I got a few. Does uh. Does Vader, especially like I said, especially in that WCW, like earlier, earlier nineties, does that did he ever pop in as being a guy that you were like, oh shit, kind of scared of this guy? Definitely a scary character, guy you didn't want to didn't want to mess with. Uh, the thing I remember the most, I got to ask you this: that helmet that he had that had the smoke billowing, billowing out of it. Yeah, did that add to his scariness? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
that entrance, his size, his intensity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a he was a stiff wrestler too. You know, like when you seen him punch a guy, he was punching a guy. And everything he did looked like it hurt, and it probably <laughs> did because he was this yeah. huge guy. Yeah, it's just he always seemed, I don't know, like big, menacing, believable, scary uh presentation. He barked at children, Kevin. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's he did. Like, <laughs> 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 and even like even after he went to the Federation, like he provided a little bit more scare when he attacked Gorilla. Like when he attacked Gorilla, you scared for Gorilla. Like that ah, man, Vader's man. Vader's on my list in a lot of different ways, a lot of different lists for me, because I'm a big Vader guy. But I remember like WCW Saturday night, him and Mick. And I'm going, oh, this is this is crazy. This is craziness. Something bad's going to happen here. Vader's up there, man. Vader's up there for me. And I, I did was, hear a... No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that was that Mastodon alone. I remember seeing the smoke as a kid and your eyes kind of get a little bit bigger. Like, whoa, <laughs> this is not good. Like, whoever <laughs> your hero is in there, better run. <laughs> There's a lot of pain coming. This is not good. Your hero better run. I love that. I might steal that line. <laughs> I think Foley, he's got a little bit of a warped mind to him because the interview I've seen where I forgot who he was wrestling and it was going to be in front of a very small number of people, but they had it set up like a stadium type show, you know, or an arena type show where there's all these chairs and things and guy was like really bummed that he was fighting oh man this is i don't know if this is gonna go over well and mix yeah but look at all those chairs like you know <laughs> we can use them <laughs> so he was a little bit sadistic in his mind that you know yeah i can get this over and hearing him speak you know talking about how he you know to his own chagrin at times was a little bit too tough you know yeah, he could yeah. take a fair amount of punishment and that's that's one of the things that you know why he's like I walk with a limp these days because I was yeah I can I've been up on top of that cell it's not that high sure we can throw me off of it let's do this <laughs> did you during the the earthquake when earthquake put Hulkster out of commission there was that a scary moment to you or was that a moment where like Quake got one over on Hulkster, but Hulk will be b- back and he'll be better and stronger. And or was that a was that a scary moment when Quake did that and then killed Damien? That was two of the things that you know, kind of as a kid, like, uh oh, this this guy could be trouble. When he hurt Hogan, though, anytime they, anytime wrestling wrecks one of your heroes, you take a pause. Right. Yeah. That's that's one of the things. Every time Hogan as kids got hurt, you kind of take that pause. And wait, how is this happening? This is Hulk Hogan. He, right. he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. And Earthquake, he was a big guy who could move, you know. <laughs> and, you know, and this happened with almost every big guy that Hulkster faced. Like, he couldn't get him up. He would fall backwards, you know. <laughs> and, like, there's part of me that was like, oh, you know, each time that would happen, it's like, oh, shit, maybe he can't let this guy, you know? Maybe right. this is really the end of Hulkamania. But 
I don't know if he was any scarier than the, you know, Andre or any of the other giants, but he definitely brought something else to the table. Was scary to have that hairline in your twenties. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> uh, what about Zeus? So, and I, I mean, I, I, th- I throw that out there, but like back then. Yeah, why don't you, you leave my list alone, you a hole? That's what I'll say. Oh, sorry. Go. You had Zeus. and Earthquake. And no, Zeus. Throw, 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 throw Zeus out to Al. Al, take it away, man. Zeus. So I remember uh, being hot to watch No Holds Barred because Hulk Hogan was in a movie, which mm-hmm. should not be watched by children or most people in general, just for saving your eyes and sanity's sake. Because it was the battle. Of the tough guys. Did you did you believe that was real, or did you know that you were watching a movie when you were watching it? So I knew it was a movie watching it. Yeah. But when he came out, we were very heavy into Saturday Night Main Event at that time. Mm-hmm. And when he came out and just destroyed Hogan, because that was one of my scary moments when DiBiase told him to break his neck, and I can remember hearing Jesse the body and I can't remember if it was Vince or Gorilla. Break his neck. He just told him to break his neck. And then Zeus wrenched his neck. Yeah. And Hogan did a classic cell job. But it was one of those that it's like, oh man, I don't I don't know if he can beat this guy. Right. And watching it like watching it back, like obviously the the, the match and all that, like uh, Zeus came across as being indestructible. But he kind of had to because he couldn't wrestle. Like that was that was the way to cover up his his inadequacies in the ring. I don't even want to say inadequacies. He just couldn't wrestle. So in order to have him come across as completely indestructible, is just you have to have him be indestructible. Because <laughs> yeah. like, he's not going to sell. He's not going to move. He's just going to be Zeus. He's going to he'll choke you and, and and he'll throw that big you know that big throw but like that's that's all he's got so but he was he was a little intimidating he was a little scary when he arrived yeah he had, he had a really good uh mean face yeah yes. right? like sadistic looking face and <clears throat> and you know wild looking z's you know cut into his head like you know his ear got whatever he was doing there I actually don't think I've seen No Holds Barred. What? Is it worth, is it worth watching? <sighs> At least once. Yeah. You've never seen it? I didn't want to ruin the magic, man. This is this is the most terrifying thing to me of the whole show is that I've known you for over 30 years and you've never seen No Holds Barred. I feel like I failed you as a friend. I don't think the vid store we frequented had the no holds barred, man. It did, man. You could have got you, it. At, did you steal it? No. I never saw it on the shelf, man. You could get it at Oli's video. You could have got it at Lindstrom video, or you <laughs> no could have got it at the video vault. Yes, man. Okay, I'll watch, I'll watch no holds barred. At the video vault, it was in the wrestling section. At Lindstrom video, it was in the action section. And oh. Oli's, they pretty much, that was a very tiny <laughs> story. It was they pretty much just had one section, but it was in all of them, man. Huh. How do you see, like, how do you not, you see Hulkster on the cover of the, the, the VHS and you don't go, I want to watch this. He wasn't the Hulkster, man. He was real. Yeah. He not was the, the same. He's not the, the same. Hulkster. You. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> for that hook. You got to make the one the hook. Yeah, hook. So you rip them. <laughs> I mean, it was a uh, like. I, I will say this: like, if you do watch the No Holds Bar, don't try to jump ahead. Like, see how many wrestlers you can pick out in that movie because there's a handful. Oh, uh, and it's right. it's pretty wild. But yeah, the uh, the No Holds Bar that era was huge uh, i'm not saying in my parents house uh in the garage somewhere in a box full of vhs tapes there's not a saturday night's main event recording where hogan and zeus and you know you got to see him last time and hogan cuts a killer promo you know talking about wooster massachusetts where <laughs> zeus first appeared and beat him down and hogan couldn't get to the ring because of zeus yeah. just classic his move was the choke, right? Yeah. That's like all he did was the choke and the, and the clobber. His only move. And they said he was one of the sweetest human beings you could ask. He he tried. Like, he gave effort. He just did not have that. He had the body, the look. Did not have the, the ability for the ring work. But they said he was just a tremendous human being to work with. And was always very... As careful as he could be with his skill set. How about that? Nice. That's a nice way to put it. What about this? Is this is one that it confuses me because I was familiar with him in WCW as El Gigante, but when Giant Gonzalez showed up, I didn't put two and two together. I did not put two and two together that hey, this is El Gigante, and actually. Back then, I didn't usually put two and two together. Like, if they change companies and change names, it would take me a little bit to go. Wait a second, I, I think that's the guy from over there, or vice versa. But El Gigante showing up, and it's almost like they did when Undertaker showed up and went straight into uh, Hogan. El Gigante shows up, and this is a guy that Taker isn't going to be able to harm. Like when you get a guy that Taker can't harm now you're really stepping in the shit so when he showed up that was that was concerning that was a i don't know if it was a full-on scary moment but that was definitely a we're all in trouble now and then you you're saw him in the ring and yeah, you're everybody leaving was fine. the scariest part was that onesie they made him wear that was terrifying <laughs> what is up with that <laughs> what do you dress him up in al i don't know but that airbrush cockpiece that was <laughs> <laughs> going on. Like, what is that, Kevin? <laughs> it's a fair point. It's a fair point. But when he arrived, either one of you guys did. Either one of you go, oh boy, like we we've definitely stepped in the shit now. This guy is is going to kill everyone. I remember he whipped out that uh, chloroform. The WrestleMania yep. Nine, you know that, that you know shit that might be it for the Undertaker. You know, guy's actually using a chemical agent that can kill you. Right, but that, he's and, so and he, big. How like, He doesn't need a chemical agent. He shouldn't need a chemical agent. He couldn't do anything else, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the Zeus, huge, intimidating-looking guy, but he couldn't really do much. He'd give you a choke and a, and a clobber, the same as Zeus. He had the same moveset. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, what about a character that was supposed to be scary? That was supposed to scare the hell out of you. Never quite scared the hell out of me. 
never could understand what his scary element was. Damien Demento. Like, he was positioned as a guy that you should be afraid of, right? He was positioned as a guy that's that's scary, right? He's a little off his nut. Did he yeah. did he ever catch he was scary, or was he just more of, what the hell is this? That's the, the WCW level of cheesiness right there. Oh, he would have fit in great in the dungeon. Yeah. If he was in the dungeon, his career would have had a little <laughs> bit more longevity. Yeah, did Demento, he's another guy who wasn't really around too long, I don't think. I remember he was around. Saba Simba was around. It was pretty goofy times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Another uh, scary-looking character, but they didn't really give him too much. It, it wasn't a very, like like you said, maybe if they put him in the dungeon, he would have had a longer shelf life. Mm-hmm. You know, if he had some other misfits to hang around with. Right. Uh, I'm go to something a little bit newer. Bray Wyatt. So, when the Wyatt family showed up, little scary, right? Little, little spooky. Some of the things that they were doing there, like with the kids in the choir, that was that was a little scary, right? When they're singing to John Cena, like that hits you, that gets you a little bit off kilter. But then when he came in as the Fiend, that was a different level of like all of us, even as adults, watching it. Like while you're watching it, it got you going a little bit. It got you going a little bit. Watch it going. Oh, this this is kind of effed. This this is a little left. What are you guys thought of the the spooky level of both the Bryant the 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 Wyatt family, the Bryant family, the Wyatt family, and the the Fiend. I mean, Bray was uh, that cult leader vibe that you got from him, and you know, kind of speaking as a prophet. So to speak, in those vignettes, the the cuts on the the cameras and everything like that, creepy imagery and all that stuff, you know, it created an atmosphere. Yeah. And I think that's what he was successful at. Any iteration was it created an atmosphere of you know, kind of that horror film, you know, feel to it. That this this guy's not right. He is. He's. You watch a movie, a lot of times you pick out, okay, this is the bad guy. This is the villain for sure. And right. you got those vibes in spades when it came to Bray Wyatt, the Wyatt family, the theme. Oh, man, this is this guy's a monster. He is. There's something dark brooding. Yeah, man. Even with the, like, the, the, the simple stuff in it, too, was some of the scariest stuff to me. Like him just going, run. Like, yeah, I'm gonna run. I got you. Just tell me which way. <laughs> like, I'm out of here. Uh, the, like the simple, like the we're here. Oh shit! <laughs> and the lights go out. That's the other thing. Like, yeah. Everybody, regardless of where you're at in life, has you know had some apprehension. I won't necessarily say fear, but toward darkness. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the thing that the last vesture of light is gone. Like when he. We're here, and it blows out that lantern, and it's pitch black. That's that creates an ambiance. That gets feelings. That yes. gets the juices flowing in us human beings. Duke, your thoughts on uh, Bray and his different spookiness? Yeah, I think it's you know spookiest uh, gimmick to come around in quite some time. With the Wyatt family, I mean, you had, you had three 
big mountain man looking guys, you know, and uh, like there's so much depth to Bray's character. It was done so well, and he, you know, I mean, he left a lot on the table too because it was a character that was kind of constantly evolving, doing different things. They didn't always necessarily work, but I mean, yeah, even when he, every time I seen him do that uh, that bridge deal. No, with that wicked look on his face, he's laughing. That freaked me out. Yeah, I'm a growing ass man. That freaked me out. <laughs> and that beard would stick straight up in the air. Yeah, that big long beard stuck straight up, and that hair hanging. It was spooky. Mm-hmm. He had he had a, a real real great maniacal look on his face. Just a, just great total package, you know, monster type of character. Um, he is definitely the best. And the the delivery that he had as just the just Bray Wyatt when they first came in with the Wyatt family, like the delivery of his his promos, like Al said, uh, almost like a preacher in a lot of ways when he was speaking. It was like, oh boy, something's something isn't right here. And the lines that he had in his promos, the lines were spook. Like he was just absolutely something else. And then building up that fiend character. Right, where like the uh, well, you're watching Raw, and all of a sudden the, the picture shutters for no reason. You're trying to figure out what the hell's going on, or like I remember one time it went as they were going off of air. It felt like three minutes where the whole thing, everything was just screwed up. And I'm like, yeah. what is what is going on? I don't understand what's. Would somebody tell me what's going on? All right, I'm an adult male. I'm in my own home. I'm in my own bed, and I want a nightlight. <laughs> Run. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. There it, the runs are in my shorts too, buddy. <laughs> and he was such a great, like he was almost the best, like the best parts of different characters that we've seen that are spooky. All coming together. Like he was the best parts of the undertaker, the best parts of, you know, the boogeyman, the best parts of, of, uh, uh, Waylon mercy, the best parts of like, all these different things combine to make this super scary like character and then reinvents it into the fiend, yeah. which was just, I mean, that poor Alexa Pliss, right? That poor, I wanted to console her. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> she became scary too, you know? I was okay with a little bit of the <laughs> that, that, that kind of scary though. I mean, we're being honest, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, living yeah. on the edge there, Kevin, huh? Yeah, scare, scare, scare me, babe. Scare me. It's like the old Don Money Python. Perhaps I could have just a little bit of the peril. <laughs> no, it's far too perilous. <laughs> Scary shit, man. What else you got, Duke? I got a, I got a couple of guys who, you know, fit that cult leader bit. They did it pretty well. Uh, Raven, okay, and CM Punk when he was doing the straight edge thing, he did that huh. very well. He yeah. was just a real good, you know, evil, you know, cult type figure. Raven, he's had a few different sorts of. Uh, well, we've seen in our year of TNA, he's had you know went through a phase where he wore a helmet and a skirt and a drug rug and whatnot. But your classic Raven, he's. Always has something. In, always had something twisted and interesting to say. 
mm-hmm. you seem to have a command over all these jobbers right. you know um, you know there was there was something scary about him that's for sure so I always liked raven i was I never found him to be scary because so I was kind of into him didn't didn't find him scary huh no he's just I mean, one of those fake punk rock posers though Duke let's let's be honest it's like uh, yeah, I, I, no, I <laughs> no. I still want like I again. I, I've said this numerous times to both you guys. Raven to me is what they should have done to Marty Jannetty when the Rockers broke up. I should have been the grunge guy. Yeah, yeah. But then, but would that be scary then? Because Marty killed a guy. Dude, it gets that much scarier, man. Yeah. <laughs> we love Marty Jannetty. We love Marty Janetti. <laughs> Say it, Duke. Marty Janetti's all right. And we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, a hole. All right. Well, more of a more of a you know straight cut to the chase, scary guy. The duel of the butcher. That yeah. guy was pretty reckless. Big yeah. guy. Yeah, spreading hepatitis C all no over the regard. Yeah. Everybody gets it. Jabbing the fork into your face. Scary looking guy. So my yeah. first exposure to, to Abdullah was in WCW. That was my first exposure to him. But not long after that, uh, I came across a wrestling tape. I want to say it was actually an Oli's tape that had Abdullah versus Bruiser Brody. And as much as Abdullah came across to me as scary, when you got him against Bruiser Brody, Bruiser Brody scared me more than Abdullah ever could. Yeah. Ever. Like, he was, like, Abdullah's gonna, he's gonna bleed everywhere, he's gonna be, you know, he's it's gonna be a little bit different, especially given the time that I, I came across the tape. But Bruiser Brody was just terrifying. Yeah. He is standing up to this wild madman, Abdullah the Butcher, and he is throwing the shit at him. And forget, like, kids crying in the in the crowd. Adults, men, running women, running. <laughs> not not crying, not still, not, oh, I hope he doesn't high-five me. Running! Yeah. Run. They were gone. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have to say run. Yeah. No. They- no. Thanks you a-holes for stealing like the last two guys on my list. You know, I'm just gonna say that. Uh, I figured the oldest guy in the room would, you know, be the only one. But yeah, Abdullah, uh, his size, that orc, the fact that he would bleed all over you was, you know, that's a visual image. Uh, blood does a lot of things to people. Like, you know, that when they see it, it's a, uh, it's an intimidating thing. But Bruiser Brody. When that man flipped that switch, they said, you know, he's out there walking out to the ring, slinging a chain over his head, like a legit log chain. Did not care if it hit anybody. I mean, you know, after that, like, he's in character. He's this maniac, this madman. And uh, was ever the professional, but if uh, you got snug with Brody in the ring, I've heard he, he taught a few lessons. Here and there, yeah. Although one of the funny stories was, uh, one time Bruiser Brody said something about wrestling Danny Hodge, and why would I ever sell to that guy? And the guy that was with him said, "Well, don't." <laughs> and he learned a lesson that day. 
called The Freakish Strength of Danny Hodge. Yeah, Brody is just, he was different, man. He was different. Duke, when were you first exposed to Bruiser Brody? Uh, it wasn't until I was, shoot, probably an adult, actually. Yeah, he was a scary character. I think, what, was he six, nine, six, ten, something like that? Looks like you should be in the Wyatt family. Looks like yeah. you should be the king of the Wyatt family. <laughs> <laughs> He's a damn paterfamilias. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've done some dives on him, though, like you said, with that chain, that huge chain. Like, you have to run out of the way. Yeah. You're gonna get hit with the chain, you know. <laughs> and seeing seeing fans scatter, you know, legitimately afraid. That's 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 about as good as it gets for a, any of the know. any of the tag matches too. Like when he was tagging champions, like with Stan Hansen, that's too rough, scary dudes right there. You know, that's that's very intimidating to see both of them. Because Brody and then this outlaw kind of guy, uh, very huge in Japan. Uh, I think him and Terry Gordy wrestled some together. That you know, just crazy. You know this, um, and they portrayed that American monster over in Japan. That's if you see any of those matches, like this sheer fear in the faces of the people when Bruiser Brody came out was. <laughs> It's off the charts. Yeah. The. Was Berserker a miserable failed attempt at a Brody remake? I've always thought so. I, I did too. He, yeah, he reminded me a lot of of Brody. Didn't he? Didn't Brody do the husk business too? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, didn't Nord play a Viking prior to being the Berserker? Nord the Barbarian? Or, uh, but yeah, different guy. Yeah, no, he no, was, it was John was Nord. Nord the Barbarian, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, he came out with a sword, man. Yeah. I suppose McIntyre came out with a sword, and we're not talking about him, so. No. Yeah. Uh, Let's uh, let say one more around the table. Al, I know we've... Uh, We've, yeah, you step all over my list, you a hole. I do have one more. I was gonna say we've stepped, we've 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 whipped it out and whizzed all over your list here, uh, which means you had a great list. Yeah, it means great- that you know we we think a lot that the things that were intimidating or scary to us were <laughs> kind of copacetic, except for yeah. Raven. I, I didn't find yeah. Raven scary either. It was just no. he was kind of the grunge guy. Yeah, yeah, Duke pussy. <laughs> The uh, man. <laughs> the uh, last thing on my list that I had that I wanted to bring up was what about all the uh, fake accidents and death events, McMahon? When they blew up the limo, when they dropped the stage on him, that was more recent times, like 2000, I want to say like eight or nine, somewhere in there. They brought it down because, you know, they had it like it was a serious thing because this hunter was out on the stage with him. You could hear him like calling out, Paul, Paul. Like, and I was like, wait, that's that's his shoot name. What What's going on here? No. You know, is this part of theatrics or is this like, uh-oh, we, we messed up now? Right. 
And that was always something that, you know, anytime they could kill Vince, you know, it wasn't necessarily scary, but it was always a, uh, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, at least, <laughs> at least made you, made you question, you know. Yeah. Do you think that he just wanted to be written off TV so bad that they had to go about like <laughs> That's because when you're talking about Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon dying, when Austin had the gun on him and he pissed his pants in the middle of the ring, like there was part of me that went, something's going to happen right here. <laughs> like I knew it wasn't, but part of me was like, oh shit, Austin's going to jail. We're never going to see him wrestle again. He's going to pull the trigger. And he pulled the trigger and we got the Austin 316 flag, which is, it was beautifully done. But yeah, that man, the, I, the stage thing that they got me on that. Like I, I'm, I'm right with you on that one. Al. On that stage thing, I went, oh, something went wrong. Something, something's amiss here. So that was the kudos to them. Good job by them. The blowing up the limo, I thought was just miserable. Like that was just horrible. You didn't get me on the blowing up the limo. Oh yeah. Stage, yeah, you got me. Good job, guys. Good job. I like the. Uh, well, kind of speaking of faking deaths and whatnot. Eric Kane uh, with the Undertaker, or you know the the casket on fire. The Undertaker mm-hmm. was supposedly in. That I thought that was done great. You know they've done they've done they've several done similar spots over the years, but kind of the same sort of a vein, I guess. You know, didn't the Hulkster run a semi and uh, an ambulance? The Rock was in. Yep. Yeah. They yep, really didn't make him a Undertaker heel. to heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that. When that the Taker goes to heaven. <laughs> heaven, heaven. He'll see yeah. you again. <laughs> what do you got, Duke? Whip it out, man. All right. There's this guy. New Jack. Oh. He's a pretty scary character. For uh, all the wrong of, reasons. Yeah. I mean, whereas Mick Foley was willing to do anything, was fearless, you know, on his own accord, New Jack took liberties with everybody from what I've seen, you know, really injured some folks, yeah. you know. So, I mean, part of that's exciting, but just kind of knowing that he almost killed some folks, you know. Mm-hmm. Scary guy. And, I mean, you look at him, too. I mean, his 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 uh, gimmick was a gangster, and he's got all these scars all over. Really, really seemed to embody the gimmick, you know. Yeah, New Jack. Um, he, you're right. He was he was scary for the wrong reasons. I mean, more so because you were worried about the guy that he was in the ring with, always, and you were glad that you weren't in the ring with him. You know, I just. That's a guy that I don't know that, like, if if I couldn't trust, like, I there's no way I could trust getting in the ring with him. Just based on everything else that you've seen, like, how is he still convincing guys, like, oh, no, get in the ring with me, you'll be fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> everything will be cool. Like, no, no, it won't. I want to live. Did he have a move set? I'm trying to I'm trying to recall anything that New Jack did that wasn't like a life threatening situation to somebody. <laughs> you know? Not that I recall, man. Like I don't, and I've seen a lot of New Jack matches, but 
they're all they all seem to be hardcore or devolve into hardcore style matches. I don't remember a moveset. Al, do you remember a new Jack no. moveset? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you guys. The fact that he just kind of took a lot of liberties in the ring. Yeah. It, it's right up there with the, I don't mean to step on the toes if this is one of the things, but like the whole death match stuff. Mm. Like, that's a genre of wrestling. I'm good. Like, I know there's people that live and breathe. Like, oh, man, it's so awesome. I'm okay. I'm with you, man. I'm not not into deathmatch wrestling. It's another one of those scary for all the wrong reasons. Uh, last one I'm going to throw out before we wrap this up. Al, you might not have the same appreciation as Duke might, because I'm going with a local guy. A local guy that was on the scene since the early 90s. I think he might have started in 89 or 90. I saw him first wrestle, I think, 93? It might have been 92. Uh, horse, the psychopath. Oh yeah, horse, the psychopath. Man, he came out bald guy, painted his face white, almost had like that burglar strip of black across his across his eyes, dressed like a nurse, but acted like he just escaped from the psych ward. Like, he was a guy that scared, like, I, I, I saw him 90, I want to say it was 90, it might have been 92, 92, 93 was the first time I saw him, and I, I, I've told the story before, he was the guy that during intermission of the show, he came out, and uh, a buddy's dad told me, make sure you don't have your fingers out, because he will bite them off, and like, I'm already scared of this guy. <laughs> And now I got to go up and go through like the, the autograph line with my hands behind my back because I want my fingers right. That And he was, he was a fun wrestler to watch. Uh, I think he's still semi active out there on the scene. He was a fun wrestler to watch, but he was a nut man. He was just a, he had a lot of hardcore matches when, when uh, we finally get into like the, uh, early 2000s into the mid 2000s, like some some wrestled a ton of times. Always kind of hardcore matches. Lost some of the edge, obviously, uh, from you know 10, 10, 10, 15 years prior, but still had a little bit of that edge. It still had to me, like from the first time I saw him to the last time I saw him. Uh, last time I saw him as an adult. First time I saw him not an adult, but I still had that memory of when I first saw him and knowing that he was going to bite my fingers off if I showed him my fingers. Uh, Duke, you probably didn't see a horse until later on. Yeah. I've ever seen him against the Sandman. That was something else. Yeah. First wrestling. That was a, that was a shit show, but I, I, I've probably seen him four or five times actually. And yeah, you're right. He plays the character that, you know, broke his way out of the mental asylum. I don't, did he wear shoes? He he, or, he wore wrestling boots. He, he did. Okay, I, yeah. I couldn't remember if that was part of the gimmick too or not. But yeah, creepy character for sure. Very, very creepy. Very far out. I say the face, the face paint. It's different. Like Al, I encourage you, man. Look up Horse the Psychopath. Early. Who you talking about? You know? Yeah, you know horse. I've looked into some in Minnesota indies and. Researching this, he was actually on some of the indie lists like that 
creepy wrestling gimmicks and things because I knew Kevin of all people will go to the indies on one of these special shows <laughs> be the cool kid of the group or anything <laughs> well Al yeah it was your local indies man yeah it was a I gotta say it was a terrifying looking gimmick just from the still photos it was so yeah. like, oh okay I just found out a pretty terrifying fun fact about Horace oh boy what do you got? He was trained by rock and roll zoom off. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> that is, and rock and roll zoom off is terrifying for a reason. We won't get on today. <laughs> closing spooky thoughts, closing, uh, you know, just spooky commentary. What do you got signing off? Well, I mean, I, I'm glad we don't have uh, to listen to like, Don West and Mike TNA. <laughs> that's, uh, that's like the, the gift that keeps on giving but that's terrifying i do want to give some shout outs to some uh modern day wrestlers that you know kind of got the, the spooky gimmicks like the house of black huh. and aew uh, doing a great job uh, malachi you know that the figure the supreme figure and then uh abaddon oh. one of those that comes off is uh oh that's a ooh. <laughs> I didn't bring up Abaddon for for one reason. It's because I'm scared of her today. <laughs> she should be on your list, bud. Nope. Something job. doesn't sit right with Abaddon, man. It doesn't sit right with me. Oof. Duke, closing spooky thought, man. I think we covered a, covered a pretty good range of stuff. I mean, it's always fun going back and watching those like Halloween Havocs, you know, back when there was a lot of pageantry involved, you know, that the announcers got dressed up and whatnot. It's, you know, really, it, that adds a lot of the fun to the, uh, to the wrestling experience. You get these, you know, either dangerous or scary or supernatural type characters, you know. A few that I, uh, just a couple of 90s ones that I wanted to give a quick shout out to that we didn't get to. Don't eat the clown. It's oh, a good one. A little scary about Doink. And then uh, these guys were around forever, but the different iterations of the, the Wild Samoans. Yeah. So, you know, they, I remember they would come out, they'd be yelling, you know, couldn't understand what they were saying. They were eating some raw meat, you know. <laughs> Those were the guys without the shoes. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the shoeless the shrinkers there. All right, well, I suppose we'll put a put a bow on this one. I'll uh, remind everybody, Rogue Energy, promo code GBWPODS. Get yourself some money off. Uh, check out Tots Pod, Year of Duke and Rogue, every other week. Follow at GBWPODS on Twitter, at Year of Pod on Twitter, at TOTS Pod on Twitter. Uh, Facebook group, Al, that's just Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast over on Facebook. GBW Pods on Instagram. Uh, check out, I might have a TikTok coming out here. We might, we might have a TikTok coming out here. Screws might be doing some research. We'll see. We'll see. Hit that PWTs and only the PWTs to get your officially licensed GBW Pods merchandise. With that, everybody, a happy Halloween. Enjoy yourselves. Go out, get some candies. Get the get the shit scared out of you for a night. Have a nice time. Uh, remember, you don't need to check your candy. The only documented times people have uh, been injured by candy was because a family member was trying to get rid of them. 
Happy Halloween, everybody. Slide one in there.